everybody, welcome to the Culture Shock Podcast. My name is Steven Andeboy and I'm here with my special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yep, yeah, I'm Earl Talbot and I run an organisation called Creative Muscle. Okay, and where did you get started and how did you...? Um, I got started officially in around 2012 in terms of Creative Muscle. Before that, my business was called Karmic Coaching and, and that was about coaching people mm. about the cause and effect of what they do, but Creative Muscle in about 2012. 2012, okay. Yeah. And what were you doing beforehand? So I was, I was doing the, the work in the fields, which is corporate life yeah. and working in telecommunications. But actually my journey for personal development started in 2004. Right. Um, so about 14 years ago mm. and since then I've been running retreats having clients okay um, and it's just been developing since then yeah yeah and you know when you're in the corporate world you obviously you know have to deal with your nine-to-fives your your boss and stuff exactly so how, how's that now becoming some of your own man well I'm freelance at the moment so I still do work um, for a consultancy mm. but I'm not employed in in the traditional sense of the word and I'm continuing to do my own work and yeah. set up my own product services yeah. for creative muscle so you're almost like doing it in the night time so well now I'm, I'm that's how i used <laughs> to be doing it now i'm doing it at any time yeah um more of my time is is my free time okay. so today i've spent the whole day working on on creative muscle all right so you've, you've, you found that balance like obviously with freelancing and what you do as your passion Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, freelancing means that I'm not working continuously. I'm working on contracts. Mm. So I'll work at a certain point that, that, you know, over a set period of time, mm. or I might work for half a day or, you know, two days a week, depending yeah. on what the contract requires. Mm. And then outside of that, I'm just doing my, my work. Yeah, I think because I found a couple of people who've actually done the same thing, which is, you know, becoming freelancers and then obviously managing their own business on the side. Yeah. I think that's a new way of working because a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to dive into being an entrepreneur, so I want to quit my nine to five. And then they like the stability to actually, you know, finance themselves yeah. that way. I mean, have you found it a lot more easier to sort of transition that way? Versus yeah, like so so this is, this is an interesting thing. So what's happened for me over the last 12 months or so, maybe slightly longer, maybe 18 months, what I've decided is to work with solopreneurs. Mm. So you talk about entrepreneurs and a lot of people have this idea of leaving their job mm. and going and becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. That's really difficult mm. because if you look at what entrepreneurs typically do, at least historically, they would go into the business for the sake of developing a business that they'll be able to sell in X amount of years time. Yeah. That usually take investors. It usually means that you've got to create a proof of concept. You create this business. You're hiring people. There's various elements to that business. Mm. So an entrepreneur is actually creating a business. Yeah. Whilst you're trying to do that and have a nine to five, I would say it's not near impossible because people do it, but it's it's a very different, diff, very difficult um, process, and it takes its toll. Mm. What I see more people wanting to do is become solopreneurs. So the distinction I make there is. If you helicopter an entrepreneur out of their business and put them on a desert island, for at least a period of time, that business is operating on its own. It's got systems, processes in place. Mm -hmm. It's got people that are doing that work. What we're seeing is solopreneurs is they are taking their expertise, their passion, their experience, and they're making that a business. Mm. But if you helicopter them out, that business moves wherever they go. Yeah. What's interesting, and I think this is where the rise of the the solopreneur is happening, is technology means that people can actually work from anywhere. Mm. 
So if you're doing a, a business and running a service, you know, even if it's a yoga instructor, they can actually be doing that on YouTube. They yeah. can put a series of programs together. So for example, I've got a personal trainer. Um, she's actually one of my clients and she does my program via an app. Mm, that's cool. So I can see what the exercise, she gives me what I need to do as a workout. She'll um, give me video clips of the things that I haven't seen before so I know how to do it. Mm. And then I can actually go and do my workout and then I put any comments on and then she responds and yeah. even take videos of myself doing the exercise so she can correct my, my technique. Yeah, so pretty much she's on the go. She can handle multiple clients and do it in, in her own comfort as well. It, exactly. the stress of having to deal with so many factors, pretty much out of her control. Exactly, it's her, it's her control. And so this is an interesting thing. So she, she hasn't created the app. Mm -hmm. She's taken her passion, her skill, her expertise, mm -hmm. and she's able to deliver that to her clients, yeah. no matter where they are in the world or no matter where she's in the world. Mm -hmm. and I, I think you mentioned the rise of the you know, technology, the internet. It's kind of made things a bit more... You know, whilst global, it kind of localizes it a little bit as well. So you don't have to kind of um, position yourself in a way where you have to fit someone's plan or blueprint. You can build your own roadmap. Yeah. And say, okay, this is I am as a local person, and I'm exploring my avenues in the world that it is, and I can reach you from a different country, and I can reach you from my next door neighbor, whatever, and kind of get you to sort of, you know, buy into the product or service that you're offering. Yeah, I think I think that's that's where technology and platforms are really interesting because they they give scale. Yeah, and that means you can scale up and you can scale down. Mm. You know, you can make it a very specific um, demographic that you want to focus on. Now, typically, if you're looking at a particular def demographic, if it's not done by geography, those people could be spread out all over the place. Yeah. But actually, you can still focus on those key people. So let's say for me, with solopreneurs, there's probably not that many as, as you know, there could be entrepreneurs or whatever it is. This is just an example. That would allow me to hone in on those different people all over the country or all over Europe yeah. and focus on a small number of people across that geographical area. Mm. Whereas before, that would be near impossible yeah. to, to do. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... I the term I've not heard it before yeah. but I feel like I fit that description really yeah. and it's kind of based on the fact that I've kind of made choices outside of my 9 to 5 to start building some sort of you know business but not really a business just a passion project which is something I want to turn to my purpose so yeah. I've been documenting it in the podcast you know me and you know the likes of you and other entrepreneurs trying to understand their story and you know someone get a narrative of what that actually means Yeah, and you know I think a lot of conversations I've had are pretty good like they've obviously gone out and done their own thing but it's also the stories that are not told which is the struggles and the hardships as well yeah yeah have you ever experienced anything quite difficult in, yeah. in that side of things so well? so first of all I'd, I'd say you know what you're doing i think is great yeah you do fall into that that demographic that i'm talking about which is if you're not doing it there isn't somebody else backing you up to do it at this stage at least yeah um one of the reasons why I opted to work with you is because you're in that process. Mm. Um, and, and so there is that synergy there. And I think what I really admire about you is, is what you say on your website, which is you decided instead of waiting for something to happen, mm. to, to make something happen. And one of the things that I'm doing right now, so I've just come from a, a meeting interviewing um, Joanna um, Abier 
and she's doing some great work around diversity, inclusion, and and networking with some amazing people to make a change and make a difference. Yeah. Um, so I've I've come from that meeting to here because I'm doing the research to see what are the key characteristics, what what is the formula that is that is across these people who are solopreneurs and and doing what it is that they love and yeah. what I call living on purpose. Yeah. And that's that's a that's an important phrase because there's what I consider purpose agents and solopreneurs. A purpose agent is somebody who chooses to live on their desired purpose. The thing that, and what I mean by purpose, it's the thing that brings you alive. It's the thing that when you're doing it, you feel fulfilled in doing it. Yeah. So a classic of that is Bob Marley for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is a man who, who's got a message and he brings it through music. Mm. And that's what he does, yeah. right? Yeah. Whether he's living in Trenchtown or living in, <laughs> in Switzerland, America, whatever it is, he's got a message. His, his message is of peace and love, and he's bringing that for his music. He's a purpose agent. Hmm. However, he's also able to make money out of it yeah. because he's, he's talented, he's gifted. Hmm. So he's doing it anyway. So he's kind of made that transition from a purpose agent, living on purpose, hmm. to actually essentially a solopreneur because if you take him out of the equation yeah. Bob Marley's music doesn't really exist exactly yeah even though other people have made a business of it so there's there's kept various stages of awakening to your purpose and I'm, I'm going to bring that back to you in a minute mm. living your purpose live, choosing to live on your purpose and then monetizing that and the monetizing it is is where some of those things the challenges and where you have to be possibly more organized about what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it and identifying who your target market is and yeah. how you're making a difference and what are the things that you can do to support yourself how you don't burn out and and various other other bits and pieces and pay the bills right yeah of course yeah you know you, you, yeah, you want to survive <laughs> you know so you, you kind of mentioned about doing this until you find your purpose i would probably say in my experience in the research that i'm doing so far and what you've um, suggested, I would say your purpose is there. Mm. It's probably just that you can't articulate it yet. Interesting, interesting. So there is a sense of, usually there's a feeling, people get a feeling. Mm -hmm. And the first feeling is, the life that I'm living isn't the life for me. Mm. And the, the way that I, I explain that, it's a bit like wearing shoes that are, you're, you're outgrowing. Yeah. And you're slowly outgrowing. You don't outgrow them in a day. It, it, they become tighter and tighter and tighter. And the more you wear them yeah. and the bigger your feet get and the smaller your shoes are getting effectively, yeah. the more uncomfortable it gets. Till a point where you have to make a move, you have to change. Otherwise, it starts to physically impact you. Yeah. And so I see people going through stress. I see people going through anxiety. People getting burnt out because they're still trying to live a life that they've outgrown. Yeah. Very true, very true. I think, you know, with, with that being said, I kind of fall under, obviously, some of the things you just mentioned in terms of that criteria. I kind of had to leave my previous job yeah. to sort of branch out on my own. And there was so many factors regarding why I did it. I just felt the main one was when I first signed up for my consultancy role, I was trying to make a point that I could do it, and I did it. And then yeah. I was like, I looked around, and I was like, am I going to be 
senior manager in 10 years or whatever because I guess it's a corporate ladder really you're there to excel yeah. in that organisation so the work was there I always put the work in and it was a matter of you know the persona was a the persona there because if the persona's there then you excel the persona isn't there then you're going to be okay but you're not going to get to where you want to get to Yeah. and I was thinking you know what I know who I am as I got older I was like really finding out what makes me me yeah. And I was like, I have a job, I love my job, but I love connecting with people, I love talking about things, I love creativity as well, but I've also got an articulate mind as well, so I love the science and technology of things. How can I merge these two together? And I was trying to find that. There was no job that could facilitate that. Yeah. But I knew I had a skill in certain things, so I was like, let me monetize my skill, which is what I'm doing right now, Yeah. but let me build on my passion projects. Yeah. And this is a passion project, and yeah. I said, you know what, I can go all in and the skill sets that I have right now and you know monetize that even further than my corporate job that I have right now so I left and obviously this is where I am right now but in the meantime let me try and build this passion project of mine because I don't know where it's going to take me yeah but I want that to be my main purpose and I think that's kind of why I use that term purpose because I know it's driving me to something yeah but I don't know exactly where that destination is yeah but I feel like okay it's part of the process let me follow that through because that's going to lead me to something yeah, I think that's an interesting, you know, dissection of where I'm going. Really. Yeah, I, I, and I say there's there's two ways. I, I agree with that, and there's there's two ways of looking at it. That it's leading you to something, but the reason why I called my my business Creative Muscle is we are creative beings, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by that is it doesn't mean that everybody can play the guitar and draw and 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 do various different things. What I mean by that is we are always creating our reality. So when we're living on purpose, we're choosing to create a life. We're choosing to craft our life rather than we're seeking to make a living. Seeking to make a living is what gets people trapped in the corporate world. Seeking to make a living is what gets people trapped in jobs and whatever it is that they're doing. When you choose to live on purpose, you're deciding to make a decision to create something that's meaningful and fulfilling for you yeah and for me that's really important because it transcends what we consider success when you look at what normal success is Mm. so when one of the things when you start talking to what i call purpose agents whether they're solopreneurs or not because they're not they're kind of independent but you can be both Mm -hmm. like i was saying about bomali they can make lots of money, but their primary... They don't talk about money and cars and houses and stuff like that, like yeah. where entrepreneurs do who are measure, doing the same measure. Mm. Their measure is what's going on inside. It's how they're feeling about what they're doing. It's about who they're affecting, how they're affecting, how they're making a difference. So I think that's really key to that journey and understanding yourself is absolutely key. Yeah. Right? So that, that's the first thing. And that's when I, I talk about this thing called self-sovereignty, which is empowerment, reclaiming your power. Because if you look at the, con- the conditions that we, or the conditioning we go through from school um, and social norms, we end up, stop, we stop being ourselves. Mm. And, or we, <laughs> society stops us from being ourselves. And that's kind of impossible in a way. But what you get is a kind of schizophrenia within a person that they're trying to be something that they're actually not. Mm. Um, 
and reclaiming your power is just really accepting who you are and deciding and making decisions on that, on that, on that basis. Yeah, I think you mentioned a key point here, is like society. I think it does a good, a lot of good in terms of like conform, not conformation, but just like do the right thing. But at the same time, that rigidness is not allowing people to express essentially who they are. Yeah. But to maximize who you are, it's pretty difficult as well because you don't have those same pillars to sort of, you know, follow all those blueprints as well. That's your creative muscle. That's yeah. you being a creative, that, that, you know, this is the thing, you are your creative muscle. Mm. So society will f filter us into norms. Mm. You know, you go to work from nine to five, you have lunch at 12 o'clock, you dress in a shirt and tie, mm. you get married and you have children or adopt children so on and so forth. So we're, we're seeing things like diversity, inclusion, equality, for want of a better word, which um, I can talk about as well. Um, some certain things are ups, upsetting the status quo. Mm -hmm. And that's because people no longer want to conform. I mean, even Brexit for me is, the reason why Brexit's been initiated is because people you've got some people that just don't want foreigners in their country, whatever. But I think the reason why it won the vote is because enough people also wanted to see something change. They no longer wanted to see the status quo happening. They wanted to break something mm. to create something new. And they didn't know how to do it. So they, you know, it's, it's, it, it's right? yeah, you break the system. Same thing to create with America a new system. In, in a weird way as well. Do you think that's the same principle? Even though it's, yeah. yeah. And I, and I think what that, what's that hap what, what, what's happening there is there is a lack of, clarity around what it is that I want to do that I can create and this is due to disempowerment mm. so once people understand that they've got the power to create their reality they can choose the way they want to do it and this is what I'm researching at the moment so usually there is a feeling mm. and the feeling the first feeling is actually positive it's like ah oh, you know I could do something else I want to do something else I want to feel free I want you know there's various different things that they want and then the mind comes in and says, you can't do that. Mm. You know, that's too much work. It's going to be too difficult. You're going to fail yeah. all the rest of the, the, the noise that comes with it or other people are telling them that. Yeah. So they stay in that place until they become so uncomfortable that they then have to move. And unfortunately, when you jump ship like that, you, you don't do it with planning it properly yeah. you know people tend just tend to walk out of a job or walk out of a relationship and marriage it's, it's not all work related it's kind of emotional right that decision do you think it, exactly it's because the you you when you suppress your your feelings your emotions and your true thoughts for so long you're just pushing it down pushing it down guess what it just blows up at yeah. some point and and that's when people react in in a in a in a way that they end up breaking things and that doesn't have to be the way. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's ways to navigate that. So what you then have to have is an intention, a clear intention. Mm. That doesn't mean that intention has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be that exact thing, but you have a direction that you want to move in to. Yeah. And, and that's really the start of reclaiming your power. Mm. Um, then you have to build a mindset and, and you know, that's where people have to do the work on themselves to create the mindset that they need to make them resilient, move forward, be flexible, be organized, be disciplined and, and all the rest that comes with the mindset. Yeah. And with that, you're taking action. It's interesting you say all that because um, 
you kind of learn these lessons as you're an adult, really. But when you're a child, you got your lessons from your teachers and from your parents. What can parents and teachers do in terms of helping the, the people out there or the children out there to be a bit more individual yeah. and creative as well? So this is really interesting because there's a lot of research that um, has been done on this. Um, and I, I actually know some teachers... Um, actually one woman who I know is a te- who used to be a teacher she used to teach a school in Brazil and it's called something like the free school and basically what they would do is for X amount of hours of the day if the kids wanted to play, climb trees, do whatever they wanted to do, they would let them do it they would also have the resources there to let the children pick up a book or yeah. learn something when they wanted once the child chose and this is important, once the child chose to do that they would then step in and support the child, mm. you know, or, or let the child read the book and then the child would say, well, what does this mean? Or what's this if they can't read? Mm. And then they'll help them to read. Mm. So it's this kind of um, allowing children to be children to explore, to develop their creativity. Mm. So one of the things that I'm doing in Creative Muscle is in a way I'm a bit of a personal trainer in that respect, not building the physical muscles, but helping people to rediscover their creativity in terms of creating the reality rather than mm. art. And it can be that as well. Mm. So if you look at it in this country, we enter the school system anything between, and when I say that, I, I include um, nursery and stuff like that, anything from kind of three to yeah. to five. Um, and in between then, even, mm. if, if you've got really pushy parents, they're teaching you how to do certain things and, and, and bending you into, molding yeah. you into shape. Yeah. And we go through that process through school, through, through university, college, university, and even when we get into the work system. Mm. What parents, I would suggest parents and teachers allow children to do is develop their creativity. And the beautiful thing about creativity is it's fantastic for problem solving. You know, one of the things that I think we misunderstand about creativity in our society is we seem to think it's something about just dreaming about stuff and and just thinking about, oh, wouldn't that be great? And, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could colour these walls and this colour and and everything else? That's not creativity. That's thinking. That's imagination. Creativity is actually making something tangible, physical, Mm. experiential. Yeah. So there, there is a whole process... And that's why I call it the creative muscle because it's not just wishful thinking and dreaming. You you got to roll your sleeves up and you got to get down and dirty and make things happen. Mm. And and that's what's really missed. So that's what we're reclaiming. That's what we're rediscovering because we are creative beings. Mm. Do you think the world needs more of us to to think that way, or do you think there's a balance between you know what we have right now and what you know we're discussing here? Yeah, I think. I think certain things, I think a couple of things are happening. I think some of this is happening within corporates. So when we start talking about fail forward, agile, mm. you know, it's that's really tapping into that that feeling, that that sense of things are changing really quickly. So, you know, this is why when you look at something like the Fortune 500, why all these upstart companies and unicorn companies are coming up really quickly because they're embracing that power the key thing is that's our power Mm. right yeah it it doesn't belong to anybody else it's our power it's our sovereign right Mm. that's what we're born into in life so 
fundamentally we are creative beings mm. that that's a fact yeah we are creating a reality all the time people are choosing to harness that people are are offering us goods and twinkets you know and, and gold and silver shiny things and we're giving away our power and our creativity mm. now <clears throat> if you choose to do that in a corporate space i think that's fine if they help and support you to do that and that's why you're seeing in google's and netflix and those organizations um where those old structures no longer allow that people are breaking them and whether that's within the government and society brexit trump blah 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 whether that's in organizations and this is why one of the biggest problems right now in in large organizations i know this from my consultancy work is talent acquisition and talent retention yeah same thing yeah. right yeah <laughs> and what they're not picking up on is you're trying to get a new generation of people to conform to this old style of working and what the opportunity knocking on the door it, there is is actually you want to be changing the organization mm. to fit the people some organizations are kind of getting that but you usually get a few stuffy um senior execs that that are preventing that from happening yeah but that's really the opportunity which is how can we start to create a manifest a reality of the world that we want to live in? and that transcends the, the workplace mm. and this is why there's more working from home this is why there's bean bags this is why there's you know ping pong tables and whatever it is within the workplace because yes it does allow people to spend more time at work but it also allows them to show up fully as who they are in work mm. so more of a dress down sense and everything else yeah yeah because you you know the old workplace meant that you would have to go to work with maybe 25 35 percent of yourself and the rest of the 75 percent of yourself doesn't have a, a place in the workspace mm. yeah and and that's what i'm saying about when people aren't being themselves because mm. you've got to leave the majority of yourself at home mm. you can't be emotional you can't talk about certain things. You can't yeah. talk about religion, politics, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. I, and it, it, again, I think those things are very important to sort of, you know, maximise based on the fact that we're moving towards more of a freer world with how you express yourself and stuff. I do see elements of control. Like, again, you have a beanbag in a ping pong table. It's there to incentivize you to work a bit longer. And I don't know if corporations are using that to sort of trick the, the, the employers or employees here. Um, but it's, it's something that I've kind of recognised and I don't know if the structure will always still be the same because the same people are still on, on the top yeah. making some decisions about who's going to get better ahead on whatever but when you say sort of um, entrepreneurs and so forth like they're making decisions for themselves but are we expecting them to all be leaders because a few of them can be but it's yeah. a balance right not yeah. everyone can all just go out and win or is there is that the opportunity that everyone has? Well, I think I think there's a couple of th things there. So coming back to the pool table and ping pong table, that's symbolic. Mm. Now, to me, having those things there is neither it's not a good or a bad thing. Mm. If you if you only put a pool table and a ping pong table in the, in an office to get people to stay in a PlayStation or whatever it is mm. to get people to stay longer hours without really empowering them, without actually giving them creative license over the work that they do and, and feeling fulfilled, then it's a hollow gesture. Mm. 
I'd say some organisations are doing it in in a meaningful way. I would say, and with with the positive intention of how can we help people to show up to work fully, mm. right? Yeah. So so when that intention is in place, I think that actually has a positive effect on the workforce. Mm. And so this this comes back to a thing that I really struggle with when I'm looking at. Um, what's happening in the media today about equality and I think the the way that I describe it is equality is overrated and what I mean by that is there's I I would err on the side of fairness rather than equality and what I mean by that is you know you don't tend to get amateurs and professionals competing together right There's, there's a reason for that or you wouldn't get Hussein Bolt racing against the the you know 100 meter um paralympic gold medalist because if you really want to talk about equality then you're going to say yeah well why not you should treat them equal right they're both professional athletes why don't you treat them equal but actually that's not necessarily fair and so what you want to take into consideration is fairness so if you look at the workplace for example people are screaming out for equality i believe in equal opportunities but when you start talking about equality if there is let's say for example a parent that's got some children so it could be a mother or the father and they've got responsibilities at home and then you've got another person who is single doesn't in, not in a relationship and they want to work long hours and they want to stay behind and play pool and stuff like that don't say that both these people need to come in at nine o'clock both these yeah. people need to leave at this time because they can make choices for themselves and that's what i mean about self-sovereignty it's like Give people the time and the space to make the choices themselves. Yeah. And that, that's when it's kind of like you're actually reclaiming your power. Mm. Okay, you want to stay and play ping pong. Yeah. You know, you want to do that for two hours, right? In in your lunchtime. Oh, he's taking a two-hour break or she's taking a two-hour break. But that person then works till eight or nine o'clock. Yeah. And they're comfortable with that. Mm. And people, people are able to sort of, you know, realise the situation, go, you know, I'm not going to take liberties of working... Um, you know, less and then, you know, paying more and stuff. They'll kind of balance themselves out. Exactly. The same person with the the parent. The parent will say, okay, I might be leaving early, but I might be working from home. Yeah. Looking after my child as well. So I've seen that happen a lot. And I think, you know, you've got to trust people. And I think that's kind of what it is. I I, I would say people got to trust themselves first. Mm. And when people start to trust themselves, they start to speak out. They start to become more authentic. And, and then that comes back to your other point, which is about leaders. I think that I think what's required now in the world is more self-leadership. So it's not about going out and leading other people. It's not about everybody going out and... Not everybody wants to go and be a solopreneur. Everyone, not everyone wants to go and be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Some people are very happy working in the, in the corporate space, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And to me, if that's a very... Um, clear decision and intention that you've made that's also self-leadership mm. actually there's a word for that in my opinion which is entrepreneur which is somebody who works within an organisation but displays the entrepreneurial qualities like, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've got the autonomy to make decisions and, and take something from a concept and actually bring it into life as a product or a service within that organisation mm. so they're, they're able to be fulfilled in the same way flexing the creative muscle in terms of creating a reality and then 
deciding what role they want within the organization not yeah. begging someone for a promotion because yeah. i've been working True. working really hard <laughs> I and deserve it. whatever you know um yeah so it, it, it's interesting because i'm i'm also on the board of a of a charity project volunteer um that that goes to um orphanages in in botswana and they they talked about me doing a particular role and i was thinking well actually that's not the role that I want to do that's not the role I'm there for so I kind of went back and said well this is what I think the role is that I need to do mm. and they understood they agreed I told them what my skill sets were and that was fine mm. I think more organizations should allow that instead of you know people write their own job descriptions yeah to an extent mm. sure, yeah. so yeah I think so it's not about everybody's got to exit and you know the last last person switch light off. I think there's always going to be a, a space for organisations, corporates, um, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs. But I think there is definitely something about people reclaiming their power, mm. no matter where they are, mm. and understand what it is that they're doing, and, and setting that with their intention and taking action on that intention. No, I, I fully agree. Understanding it when you break it down like that. You know, we all have our we're masters of our own self, essentially. Yeah, which is what it is. Yeah. And whatever you decide to use your time for, your energy for, you know, use it in the right way. Um, in those people who are in difficult circumstances or even you know environmentally, they don't have the same opportunities. What's your advice to to those people? How would you help to sort of navigate your your own path in that world as well? Yes, yeah, it's it's a, it's a difficult question because each individual is unique. And our circumstances that surround us are, are quite quite unique. My my thing is this: is that I've got a formula that the research I'm doing right now is that I've got a formula that I say this is what it is to live on purpose. This is how we become purpose agents. Um, the reason why I focus on what I do is is really take purpose agents to become uh, solopreneurs is because we actually do live in a society where. You need to pay the bills and put food on the table and, and do various different things. Um, so my my process is that there is a formula and that starts with self-awareness first. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. There's a lot of people absolutely ignorant of what their purpose is, not interested, haven't got an inkling, no issues. I would say once you start to become aware of this isn't right for me. I mean, my, my, my thing was this. I was in a job. I was making more money than I'd ever made. I was in a good relationship. I bought my first property. You know, I was, I was a top salesperson. I was hitting the targets. I was, I was living good. Mm, yeah. I was living good, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and when I say that, I mean... I wasn't rich by any anyone's. Well, I was, you know, I was, I was doing good. Yourself, I was, yeah, 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 I'm looking good. <laughs> I'm, you know, when you when you're kind of making money and you kind of think, you know, I'm making money, I'm saving money, and there's, and, and, yeah, and there's still money. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of I'm, I'm, <laughs> what I've put aside. I'm, I'm still. Yeah. I, actually, I wish there's a few people now who are in my life that I wish was there to mentor me, mm. um, and, and make some wiser decisions. Um, but I was, I was living good, but getting to that point so once you get through the levels of survival I've got somewhere to stay I've got food on the table I've got these things happening something else then tends to happen and and for me it was an ache it was a dull 
there's more to life than this. Mm. There's more to life than this. And it was just like a mantra every day. And I'd get up and with literally with every heartbeat, there's more to life than this. There's more to life than this. There's more to life. And it got so loud, so strong, so painful in a way that I, I just said, I've got to do something else. And, and that's when I went on my first retreat. And I went to a place called Sedona, which is in Arizona in mm. the US. And it was called a soul recharge. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a great retreat now on reflection. But at the time, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was the right people, the right place, the right space. And it, it just gave me enough time and space. So first thing I'd say is once you become aware of those feelings inside, whatever they may be, but you become aware of them, take some time out to reflect. Mm. Take, just take some time, whether it's a day, a weekend, you know, for me it was, I think it was about seven days. Mm. Um, I, booked, I booked my plane tickets before I even booked the retreat, you know. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I, I booked the plane tickets before I even told my girlfriend. And everything. You know, it's just like I needed to go. And it yeah. was so strong for me. Um, take the time out, reflect, journal, capture, you know, use your voice recorder, capture what it is that you know, start to look at the patterns, reflect on what's been happening for you. I'd say that's the first key, first step, um, because without that, it doesn't really exist. Yeah. Then start to form a picture of what's your intention, what would you like to happen in your life? And this is really important, it's about a lot of people focus on what they're running away from. I don't want this job. I hate my boss. You know, I'm not in love with that person anymore. I want out of that marriage. And they're always focusing on what's in the rear view mirror. My kind of thing is, is really start to set clear intentions of what it is that you want based on what you know. Yeah. Right. That may change. It doesn't matter. Just, just start to become clear about what it is that you want rather than what it is that you're running away from. Um, and this is what I'm saying. It's a formula because it transcends the uniqueness, it transcends your personal circumstances that you live you live there, that person lives there and everything else. Yeah. This is something that we can all carry with us. And then you need to start building your mindset. And the mindset, that, that's a bit where I probably do my the most work with my clients and, and I'm, I'm just setting up a program that I'm doing a proof of concept of an online program to help people with this process. Um, as well as, as doing workshops and retreats. But it's a mindset that is the most challenging thing for people to, to overcome because we've been conditioned from nursery, yeah. school, for everything else. So there's a lot of people giving up their power. Do it for me. Can't you do it for me? Mm. I haven't got support. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm hopeless. It's helpless. Mm. You know, all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you touched on so many points. I think a lot of people will probably listen to it and think, I need to self-reflect and realise if that's for me or, you know, if I'm actually in the right path, great. You know, I think we don't take that time because we're so hypercharged on what's happening right now. Yeah. Or, you know, what's happening in the future. We, you know, we're not really reflecting. And I think you mentioned a couple of things that help us to sort of reflect on what we want to do in our lives or, you know, what impact we want to have in the world. So it's very good. It's very good that you kind of joined this episode and you know mentioned your story as well. Is there anything that you want to plug us here? Um, yeah, I suppose you know there's a couple of things that I'm doing. Um, as I said, the last eighteen months is me revisiting who it is that I'm working with, how I can help them, how I can help them to empower themselves, 
So one of the things, as I said, I want to connect with people and that will be online. So I'm putting together a proof of concept for certain things. I will be um, presenting information to people so they can download small podcasts or audio clips as well. Mm. Um, some of that will be for free. Some of that will be, you know, entry level, quite easy to accessible for them to get hold of. But I, I would say more important is my message, which is once you become aware, take the time to reflect and start to find your tribe. Um, and I say this, I say this that people kind of look at tribal as quite a negative term that, you know, it's kind of like us against them. And and what I mean by that is your vibe tribe, mm. more of, you know, who are you akin with? Who do you share the same value with? Who's going on the same journey with you at the moment? Because not all 7 billion people can be walking up path of you at the same time. Yeah. So it, it's the smaller groups of people who are there sponsoring you um, and speak to those people. And find a mentor, find somebody who you can trust. It's not about going out and buying self-help books or even signing up to my my um, online online um, program necessarily. There's things that you can do to reclaim your power in the first instance. And mm. I think that's that's actually probably more important than any plug that I can really give. No, that's very important. Uh, I really appreciate those words. So listen, thank you very much for your time, man. Cheers. Yeah, all right. Thank you, everybody, thank for you. listening. Take care. Hey podcast listeners, thanks for listening and thanks for my special guest and thanks for clicking that play button. But I need you to do four things for me. I want you to like, comment, subscribe and share this content. It will help tremendously with the growth of this podcast and I'm producing more content than ever. So I want you guys to be the first to know and I want others to know as well. So do those four things for me and help this podcast grow to a bigger platform. Thanks for listening.